0: So did you know that for at least, oh, let's say f- almost 60 years now, but basically as long as we've been to the moon, now that's like a whole other argument in itself. The people who don't believe that we've actually gone to the moon are probably the same people that believe we live on a flat earth. Um, but anyway, so since that time frame, there has been a legitimate discussion and like actual uh, scientific research to try to find life in space or uh, life beyond Earth, and a big one is life on Mars. And uh, it, it's it's really evolved because it primarily started with uh, just the the interest of going out into space. You know, when we when we set the goal to go on the moon. It is true that it was a race You know, we were literally just racing against other nations It's pretty wild, man When you dig into history and realize some of the s- Both silly things But also very serious things that we've done in the past Kind of just had to do with like National pride You know, it was, it was kind of like We, we want to be able to do this so we can say we did And uh, going to the moon was kind of that um, if, if you think about it, that, that's pretty wild, you know, like to spend all this money and time and energy and resources and research because you're racing against another nation. Like, I don't know. That may, I guess uh, that's where it started, right? But fortunately, that's kind of not, at least from my understanding, we don't, we don't really stick in that area anymore. Now it's more about legitimately trying to find out if we could better, uh, well, quote unquote, better humanity, you know, by finding another vessel, if you will, besides good old earth to, uh, to focus on. Anyway, um, what I was trying to talk about is that there's been like intense scientific research and energy to find life outside of, uh, in space, like, you know, outside of the earth. And, what would be considered life is really any form of starting point, would be any form of bacteria, and <clears throat> there is like microbial, um, what is it called microbial life forms, which basically means stuff, uh, that you can only see under a, a uh, microscope, like a, a lens of that that's looks in very, 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 very fine tuned. Uh, Stuff that you and I can't see by the naked eye. Imagine germs, you know, when you sneeze and like germs go out in the air. Imagine that. And of course, you can't actually see those germs as they continue to fly. Um, And but, you know, under a microscope, you can. And what they have found in microbial life forms is that you can see some of these that These life forms that exist under extreme, extreme conditions. And this has caused a lot of scientific research to say, hey, forget space. Look at the microbial forms that are here on Earth that have been existing for allegedly millions of years. So, uh, science has really gotten into this and they're like trying to find uh it's almost like they went up and then started going down like they like they, I'm talking like not just figuratively but almost like literal like let's go out into space and oh surprise it's looked like deeper into our own caverns and even even as far as deeper in our own bodies because a lot of the microbial life forms that they had a test with was just human cells I'm talking about your normal everyday skin, you know your flaky skin and Stuff like that. And then on top of that, the uh, tissue inside of your body and how insane it is that we have like literal living organisms, living like their own life forms. Okay. So, okay. Let me, let me try to break this down. There's just, when I get excited, I start to think too fast and I can't talk right. But <clears throat> look at it like this. You have tissue and blood cells and other cells within your body that live like they survive within you when they fall off of you it's either because they've already died or they're dying or you know with skin cells you you, you leave skin cells everywhere those skin cells will actually live for a while before they, they eventually die out and turn into dust or whatever they turn into And um, this is all just from microbial life form research and looking under microlens and testing things out and, you know, scientists doing what they do. So as this continues, it's very interesting because if you like start to look at the definition of life and life cycle, it's not just what you and I are used to, like living and breathing and, and, you know, seeing. Okay, when we see an animal, you, you can see the very physical, literal breathing that's taking place the breath of life you know you see people uh, or animals or, or creatures actually breathing you know their body is like m- making the movement of breath and then you can see them with their mouth and same thing with fish even though they're breathing uh, water instead of air like it's it's just intriguing that that's like from the naked eye oh that thing's alive but deeper than that, like these microbial life forms, for example, they can find like there's other things that are living and breathing, quote unquote, in their own way. And um, and, you know, they they are able to predict and and assume and and through research, find out more definite uh, uh, conclusions of of living cells and the way they breathe and how it's different and and their life cycle. Incredibly interesting. That's not what I going to talk about though. In fact, this episode is going to take a little bit of a serious tone because with all this scientific research and all of this basic, honestly, if you think about it, I, I mean, I explained all this in a very simplistic way. I, I'm not trying to sound like a scientist and I'm not trying to act like I know everything I'm talking about, but I can tell you from a very simplistic perspective that's life. <laughs> you know, that's like VP. They can like look into these microbial life forms and call it life. And th- stuff like bacteria uh, out in space, they're looking for that, and they find bacteria. They can be like, "Hey, we found life." And you know, it's not always like an alien that's like eight foot tall and and you know is breathing like you and I. Uh, sometimes it's, it's just as simple as bacteria. Someone sneezed and their germs lasted all the way to Mars, and now I can see. They're germs in Mars, you know, like something like that, like bacterial tissue or uh, microbial life forms. Anyway, uh, so with all that said, uh, we live in a very, very interesting time and our, our nation is like, oh, it's absolutely crazy and uh, and honestly very tragic because with all this research and all these scientific studies and all this energy and resources to understand life outside of the way you and I know it, there are people that will look at obvious life and life forms within other people and say, it's not real. If you haven't figured out what I'm talking about yet, I am talking about all this nonsense with Roe versus Wade. That is uh, abortion and like the laws of abortion. And so you have people that will look at a literal baby I'm talking about the uh, the first stages of what a baby it looks like, a little bean, you know, a little bean, but with like tiny arms and, you know, a big old head. And they'll look at that and say, that is not life. And they'll even go as far as saying it's just tissue. It's just matter. it's It's the same as um you know uh wiping snot off your nose and yet from a scientific perspective they can say well did you know there, there's a sci- there's actually uh microbial life forms within that snot that exist for so long you know they can take this argument but anyway they they'll still look at babies the way you and I are literally created and say that's not life and uh that when it's within a woman's body then it's not considered uh, even even and this is not my verbiage this is words from people who are trying to debate this argument that if it's within a person's body a woman's body still and not yet born it's not alive it's not human again that's not my verbiage there is a, a very crude picture on the internet of a woman who's like clearly pregnant probably somewhere between seven to nine months and, uh, she, uh, she has the words on her stomach, um, not yet human. And, and the idea is that whatever is inside of her belly is not alive. It's not human. It's, it's tissue or whatever you want to call it. It's disgusting. You know, it is. It's, it, and this is one of, that's why I was saying this episode's going to take a little bit of a more serious tone. And for, for, uh, the record, What I'm actually planning on talking about is not, it's actually not uh, life. I'm not talking about life or pro choice or pro life. What I really feel like talking about is burden and what burden really means. Because when I'm seeing these women like parade uh, the government, and and, you know, if you, from the outside looking in, it sounds like just any other argument, uh, political argument. Uh, against the government, it sounds like any other normal uprising of people saying we're tired of the man and the man trying to stick it to the people, and we're going to stick it back to the man. It's 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 just like your basic uh, one hundred one uprising, you know. Like and the way they their argument is and every it just it just sounds like oh they're just fed up and they're and they're speaking out, you know. We we have that right here in America to speak out against our government, and uh, part of it is like hey, just let them, you know uh, not enjoy, but I guess, uh, work or activate their rights. You know, they, they have that right to do so. But, um, then you listen to the argument and you're like, wait a minute, what are you even saying? And, um, I'm not trying to call women dumb in any aspect at all. Um, I'm married to a woman, thank God. And, you know, I, I've, again, I'm not trying to say that their argument is dumb or that what they're saying is not right or whatever, well, yeah, I am going to go there, but <clears throat> what, what I'm really getting at is when you really start to focus in on what they're arguing about, you can tell it's about two things, selfishness versus selflessness. And uh, to be selfish, which we all know because we're all naturally selfish, is to just look out for number one, that is you, yourself. Um, you just I'm out here to look out for me. I'm going to do me. You do you. And don't worry about me, my decisions. And that's honestly, uh, to, to survive, you got to be a little selfish sometimes. You know, if you're completely selfless, you're going to get burned a lot. It's true. So there does have to be a little bit of, of selfishness in your attitude or in your personality. Um, if you're going to make it through life, because life is hard and life beats you up and life will take advantage of you. People will take advantage of you. If they find out they feel like you are uh, vulnerable um, or gullible even. And those are characteristics that are usually around people that are te- typically very selfless. So it makes sense to be selfish uh, occasionally. But there is a line that needs to be drawn. And that's where selfish selflessness starts to come in. When you're selfless, it's more about the people around you. And you're worried about more about the future and you're more concerned with how are other people going to put up with what I'm putting up with now. And um, ironically, you're going to find a lot of selflessness in parents because parents who care for their children, they have a burden. Burden is what I'm going to talk a lot about more in a minute. But uh, having a burden is saying, "Okay, I, I am willing to sacrifice my own time, my own energy And even in some cases, uh, my own desires because of this burden that I have. And typically, if you're very selfless about a certain topic or you have characteristics um, towards something in particular, like in this case, a parent for a child, that's a burden. And now there's also a breakdown on what a burden truly is. Part of it is the very obvious practical Uh, definition which basically means like a heavy weight so sometimes a burden is almost annoying can you say children (laughs) so a burden can sometimes be like this is actually kind of a pain and this is a hard weight to carry but then when you release that burden and you give it to somebody there's something in you that's like man I I feel like I'm supposed to be carrying that weight myself And all of a sudden, the weight of responsibility goes from a burden to a desire. And when that happens, you're now being more selfless than ever because it's like, no, I'm willing to take this burden on because it's my own. I want to take the responsibility of carrying this. So I say all that because going back to this issue with abortion and uh, what's going on in, in the Americas today is... There's a lot of people talking that I feel do not have a burden for this topic, for this argument, yet they have the loudest voice. That's because they're incredibly selfish people without the burden. And with no burden, there's no passion. The passion that they present is artificial. It's, it's not real. It's just like a toddler that's saying, I want the toy because I want it, because it's mine, and I don't want anyone else to have it. And then when they have it, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm bored of this. And they get rid of it. There's no real passion there. It's artificial. It's not someone who genuinely says, I just want to take care of this item. I know that analogy was about a toddler. But in this case, you look at the adults that are making these arguments. It's more about the principle of I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it without any consequence. And I don't want the government to have any say so in my decision making. And honestly, if you put it in from that perspective, a lot of people can get behind that. They can say, you know what? Good for them. You know? Like, there's nothing wrong with you saying you don't want the government to make your every decision. You know, good good for you, lady. Like, go ahead, make that argument, and I, I got your back. But then you gotta look at what the argument is and saying, wait a minute, we're talking about abortion. We're talking about you looking at a literal, actual living breathing baby inside of your body and saying it's not alive and just get rid of it. And I know, I know uh, the pro-choice folks are tired of hearing abortion is murder, abortion is murder, because it is, but uh, they're tired of hearing it because of, honestly, because of how the guilt and the shame that sits behind it. They won't show that, they won't present that, but there is a side for deep in their back of their head that's like, this bothers me that you're calling what I'm doing uh, something so vulgar to say that it's murder and then on top of that to make it sound like I'm a horrible person, like I'm a monster, like why would you call me out like that, like so harshly? Well, the reason is because it's something that people are trying to make normal that's not normal. And so there's a lot of arguments that I'm not going to have time to talk about, but there is a lot of valid arguments out there, in all honesty, if you're really honest with with yourself and with with the arguments that that are going on in these debates about abortion, it's okay to say some of what they say is valid. You know, it doesn't have to be all the time. Like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, some of what they say is true, and that's something that I I feel like uh, people lost the art of debate. You know, we, we've we lost that because it's all about just yelling at the top of your lungs as loud as possible and as hard and as heavy as possible. And that's how you win your argument, which is pathetic. That's how toddlers fight. You know, there used to be a time when there was an art of debate, which was found in the maturity of adults where you can have an adult conversation and say your, your points back and forth. And give time to one another and say, I'm going to give you time to say what you're going to say and realize what you're saying is not true. <laughs> part, part of a good debate is letting somebody go on a tangent and realizing what they're saying is like, wait a minute, maybe I should second guess this, you know, um, it's like that old. Uh, um, what is it? There's, there's actually, okay, I know I'm going off a little bit here, but I remember seeing, it's probably on the internet somewhere about some kid saying he had an essay about a certain side of an argument in his debate and like three quarters in, he realized that, man, what I'm saying kind of sounds wrong and the argument side kind of sight kinda sounds right because he started to research. Now, actually, that, that that isn't a tangent. That's actually segues right into something else I wanted to talk about. Is that if you genuinely have a burden for something, you will do whatever it takes to handle that burden. And in this case, if you had a burden for either side, whether it's for uh, – I'm going to call it just abortion instead of pro-choice. But if you if you have a burden to abort babies on, on the free like, like no, nobody's business and not care about it, um, it would be ideal to learn every side of the argument including – especially – that's not of your own. And I would say the same thing for people who are uh, pro-life or for not aborting babies and for keeping children, um, then I would say the same thing. Listen to the other side's argument, as painful as it may be. Listen, because if you have a burden, you'd be willing to hear it all. Because at the end of the day, you want your burden to make sense. Okay, so part of what made me think about all of this, besides all the chaotic craziness that's been going on about it it was men actually uh seeing men start to defend um, pro choice and and all the uh, abortion arguments of how these women need their freedom and the government shouldn't own their body and you know the whole you you've all heard it before my body my choice yada yada right and yet when we have a pandemic all of a sudden your body your choice don't matter but anyway uh so you had these men who like are coming out on twitter but they are the worst of men and what i'm saying is that they're deadbeats deadbeat dads who ran away from their families who have done very vulgar horrible things now don't get me wrong i am all about forgiveness i'm all about uh people finding the right path and and getting away from their past and not looking at the things that they did as evil from the past anymore and moving forward i'm all for that but these guys are not that these are evildoers, okay? These are guys that get, they knock up women, which is, means they impregnate women on the regular, like it's nothing. They don't care. Yet, all of a sudden, they're coming out of nowhere. Women need their rights. Women deserve to have the choice, you know, for their own body. And we don't have a right to say anything against them, and blah, blah, blah. And they try to come out as heroes when they're deadbeats because they don't have the burden. They don't have what I'm talking about. That that They don't have that, that raw, genuine passion. Now, women who are tired of getting pregnant and having babies have a lot of passion. And some of them do have a burden of saying, this is my body and I don't feel like going through all of this. If I could be honest, I would imagine that any woman who's not married is terrified of getting pregnant um, because... When they get pregnant, the, the reality is they're vulnerable. Now, there's a lot of strong, empowered women out there. Some amazing women who can be pregnant and then like work five jobs and uh, have hobbies and just be influencers and whatever. Right? They can do all kinds of stuff. They're just super women. They're wonder women. They do all this stuff. Not every woman's like that. And um, some of these women who get who, who don't want this, they, they in other words, they're like, I want to get pregnant when I want to get pregnant. But I also, let's just be real. What they're also saying is I want to have sex when I want to have sex. And I want to do whatever I want whenever I want and not deal with consequence. And in this case, pregnancy would be consequence. Um, that's some of these women. Their burden is so intense of more of the selfish side. And again, I, I said earlier, you got to have a little bit selfish. It's okay to be a little selfish, you know. It's... it's it's. Uh, it's it it's real it's something you, you kind of need but anyway um when i when i hear these arguments you can tell they don't care about children they don't they don't there's a side of them that wants to come out and say oh well you know when i'm ready to have a baby when i'm ready to do things right quote unquote you know It's horrible. Some of the valid arguments I was going to bring up, I just don't feel like I have time to talk about. But is uh, like women who I hate talking about it because it's ugly and vulgar, but women who get raped and they they they're stuck with this, you know, something they did not ask for. They didn't want this and it happened and they they they're in no way, shape or form able to take care of a baby. Um, They don't want to have to. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because it's like, man, that should they have to go through that? Having being pregnant and having a baby and having to deal with all this just because some dude, you know, couldn't control himself. And I I, I legitimately feel like, man, that that is like a valid argument. But on the flip side, you have no idea. No one does. Nobody does. Nobody, not myself, not you, not anybody can speak and, and act like they know what they're talking about. Because the truth is, no one has no idea what that baby can become. You do not know the potential of any life. You just don't. Yeah, some people are, have the potential to be the worst people in the world. It's true. And then there's other people that have the potential to better humanity like no other person ever could. And we don't know who those people are. And they could be a victim. They could be the product of another victim. Yes, they could be a product of a rape story. As as sad and, and tragic as it sounds, you just don't know. You just don't know. And you know, I can't I can't relay a lot of information. But I will say that recently we actually found out a good friend of ours was from that. Their parents, their their mother was raped, and they were they were the product of that. And they found out years later. And um, they're amazing people. The people I'm talking about, the product, is an amazing person. But their mother had to make a decision. There's other people that are going on Twitter. Pink, uh, the the musician, uh, um, self proclaimed artist. She is livid, livid. Like if she hears this, if she's not, but if she ever heard this episode, she would absolutely hate me. And she would say to me, which she's already told everybody else on Twitter, that if you are pro-life and if you're for, uh, you know, uh, uh, women not having abortions and not being able to make their own decisions about it, she said, don't listen to my music, which is way easier uh, done than said, <laughs> because not, not said than done, done than said. I said that right. Because no one listens to Pink anymore. I mean, Pink stopped being famous like after 2003. So it's not a big deal. But... The thing is, she went on this tangent, like, I mean, she was vulgar and just cussing, left and right on Twitter and get away from it. Then you got these other guys, religious bigots and all you people that are, uh, you know, not for women's rights and blah, blah, blah. I don't want anything to do with you and blah, blah, blah. And you see, again, it's all artificial, all artificial, because everything they're saying has nothing to do with bettering humanity. It's all about the selfishness of saying, we don't care about the process of pregnancy. We are in control now. We're the scientists. We're the ones in the lab cooking. We're the ones that say how things should play out. Consequence is out the window. We don't believe in consequence anymore. We do as we please. And we are now in charge of when women are gonna get pregnant, And when they're gonna have their baby, and if they get pregnant and don't want to have the baby, they should have the right to just cut it off like it's, you know, bad acne. You know, they just who cares? Just get rid of it. And it's like these are these are children. This is literally the starting process of life that we're talking about. And you're saying, "Uh, who cares? Who cares? Just get rid of it. And uh, that. It breaks my heart It breaks my heart I'm a guy I'm a male Which means I can't get pregnant Regardless of what your argument is about science today and all the, Anybody who argues that men can get pregnant Are the same selfish people That uh, believe in all of this nonsense I'm talking about And so I, I can't get pregnant And I'm not going to try to And so uh, As a male who can't get pregnant What does my opinion matter? Who cares what I say? I'm not the one that has to go through the deed. You know, I don't know. I'm not the one who will ever get pregnant or ever deal with this. My mentality uh, will never be able to understand um, having a baby in my belly and and the pain and, and, and the mental stress. And I'll never have to go through that. But I am a father. And I can say that as a father, I have a burden for any woman who's ever pregnant because i took care of my wife when she was pregnant and three times and watching her go through that and then seeing my children today and looking back at the horrible horrible decisions i've made in the past and thinking to myself i could have been this close to never holding my own children i could have been this close to never having uh, my wife i could have been this close to never meeting my wife and never eventually having the children we have and my burden for my children is the same burden i have for anybody i love families today and i've talked about it before i used to hate nuclear families and the nuclear being the mom and the dad and a couple kids i hated that image i hated it because i was jealous of it because i could never have it and that was back when i was younger and i was in a broken home and then i You know get saved and get married and have kids and now i'm looking at it and i'm like I love families because I realize This is what god wants God wants families. He believes in that And I would even go as far as saying the core of all of this Selfishness and the core of all of these debates and the core of all of this My body my choice goes so deep That it it's a lot more than just You know i'm I'm a woman hear me roar, but it's more of I'm tired of God being in charge. I want to be in charge of myself. And you're going to find this more and more and more. And how the core of a lot of this nonsense is is a lot deeper than just I want to do what I want to do. It's I'm tired of people telling me that God's in control. That God is the one helping me. That God is the one. That And they're tired of hearing God. And the way to replace God is to replace him with self. And the burden that I'm talking about, having the burden of making of of, of having that passion of saying that this is what is where my burden stands. A lot of burdens come from God. In fact, God is willing to say, I'm going to put this on your heart so that you can now have a burden for it. You know what else he says? It's in the Bible is that if it's overwhelming and it's too much for you, give them to me. And I will take them from you. If you have a burden that's too hard to carry, give it to me. And there are absolutely other outlets for these women who don't want to have babies. If they have the baby, guess what? They don't have to throw it in a trash can. They don't have to get rid of it like it's some animal. There's so many people. There's foster setups. There's adoption centers. Don't get me wrong. I, I know overpopulation is a real thing. And I know that not every adoption center is is uh, the best. But I'm telling you, it, it is so much better to give someone a chance at life at the very least, instead of you're not even going to have the chance to exist. Because I decide I don't want to give you that opportunity because I want to live my life. And you're going to take that from me. And I, I know that when it comes to the whole pro-choice thing, that's not the argument they're going to make. The argument they're going to make is all going to be about um, the anatomy and, and, and uh, women's rights. And then also uh, scientific reason and medical reason on why it needs to be the way it is. And they're going to try everything they can to sound smart about their decision. But at the end of the day, it's just about selfish people. Who just want to do what they want to do without consequence. And that's that's very common across the board for any kind of sinful decision. This is an immoral decision. We're talking about immorality here. This is an immoral decision. And that means it's sinful. That means it's wrong. And people need to be able to draw a line and say what's right and what's wrong. And they need to find out where is their burden. Is it really just for themselves? Not not so. That's not how it works. Because a burden is typically, like I said earlier, it's a heavy weight. And it's something that you may not want to carry. And for a burden to become light and all of a sudden you want to share it, the responsibility of it, and it becomes a desire. Guess what? That's what it's like raising kids. Because as you're raising them, you realize there's times where it's like, oh my gosh. Jeez Louise, this kid. You know, and they're, they're they're getting on my nerves, and they're hard to control, and they're it's just they they do what they want, they do what they want. But as a parent, if you start to share that responsibility of, you know what, I need to take care, of them. I need to train them, I need to raise them right. And as you do that, all of a sudden it becomes easier, and then you you realize at the end of the day, no matter how annoyed you get of a child, you never just want to get rid of them. You know, you never just want to be, I'm done with you. And I, I'm done with you, child. I, I don't want this. And when people get pushed to that point in life, it's because they're not trying anymore. They give they've given up. And I mean, I don't have time to, I just don't have time. I'll, I'll be here for another, for an hour talking about all these other decisions. But at the end of the day, I do know this. I do know that if you legitimately took your burdens to God, he can take them from you. And he can change your own desires into his desires. And that's something that's very doable that people don't want to do. And I'm, I'm a product of once saying, I hate this and now I love this. And I'm talking about family and children and raising kids and being a parent and doing all that. Like that's something that God put in my heart over time. And I know he can do that for anybody else. But it, it it always comes back down to the decision. I know I've said it many times. At the end of the day, a lot of these episodes just become repetitious, and it's all about hey, just trust God and make your own decisions. But it's because that's like the the basic bare necessities. You do do that, and everything else kind of falls into place, and that's that's really the starting point. So, it's very sad and tragic what's going on today. People are are rioting. You know, they're they're just upset. They're upset that. That they can't kill babies however they please And They're upset that We still have a little bit of morality left In the nation to say This isn't right you shouldn't do this And The rebuttal is I should be able to do what I want With no consequence And I do feel for women I feel like women have it very hard I I still feel that you know I, I do think that they have it very hard But The truth is, life is hard for all of us. All of us. Things will... It doesn't matter. You can be a billionaire. And guess what? Things are still going to come and confront. And there's still going to be conflict somewhere. Things just happen. Because that's life. And there's so many life lessons to be made in the hardness of life. But people don't want that. So, anyway. I'm going to end this. Because I i typically don't want to get real serious on this type this type of stuff these episodes but man this is just one of those that's like it vexes me it it bothers me so much and i'm not the type of person to let myself get real emotional and and like you know in fact this is not the first time i've tried to do this episode because i i I kept pulling myself back and saying this is too much is too much and i had to to get out of it and I, i just didn't want to sit in that but but at the end of the day, like I said, I have a burden for my own children. And because of that, as a parent, I believe in family. I I believe that uh, regardless of how a woman may have gotten pregnant, whether she asked for it or she did not. I think I feel that that baby in her belly at that moment deserves a chance of life the same way all of us did. I, I didn't get to say this earlier, so I'm going to say it now. Uh, To Pink, the musician that said all that nasty stuff on Twitter. Thank God for her mom. God bless her mom that said, I'm going to choose to have this child. I'm going to allow this to happen. Because her mom could have aborted her and not had her. And we would never heard those nasty words from Pink. But guess what? Her mom had a decision to make and she allowed that to take place. And now this woman has the right to go on Twitter and cuss people out and say whatever she wants to say because she had a good mom that's why so think about stuff like that next time when you're all upset you have a chance at life because a parent allowed you to have that chance we are now living in a generation where people are saying i don't even want to give you the chance at life i'd rather you just not exist at all